thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. We'll first examine just what kind of war the world is in now. It is being touted as a global race war, but it is not. The race war phase covers up another agenda. And while everyone is busy checking out the race war, the globalist elites are moving forward with their plan to implement the biometric vaccine mark of the beast technology. Now, to the news and understanding what we're seeing so we will know what to avoid. The world has entered a kind of war never seen on a global scale before, a war by governments against their own people simultaneously with an internal ideological war. This has been instigated by the rising Judeo-Christian beast of Revelation 13 verses 11 to 18 because of its attempt to bring to the world Jerusalem as the world's economic and religious capital and the book of Revelation's mystery Babylon. The cover being used by the left and right wings of the westernized nations is grassroots uprisings, or rather the appearance of grassroots uprisings. The Black Lives Matter movement is nothing more than a corporatized Black Panther movement being used by the Democratic left. BLM is peddled as a grassroots movement, but it is not. The Black Panther movement, BPP, was grassroots, spontaneous, and built upon the frustrations of Bobby Seale and Huey Newton in Oakland, California in 1961. They organized a protest of Merritt College's Pioneer Day celebration, which honored the pioneers who came to California in the 1800s, but omitted the role of African Americans in settling the American West. And that movement became an unsuccessful political party from 1966 to 1982. The party's dismantling in 1982 did not mean, though, the end of the Black Panther movement. Numerous former Panthers have held elective office in the United States, some into the 21st century. These include Charles Barron of the New York City Council, Nelson Malloy in Winston-Salem City Council, North Carolina, and Bobby Rush of the U.S. House of Representatives. Also over the years, BPP has continued to be lauded in American politics. In 1989, a new Black Panther Party was formed in Dallas, Texas. Ten years later, the NBPP became home to many former Nation of Islam members. In 1990, the Chicago City Council passed a resolution declaring Fred Hampton Day in honor of that BPP slain leader. 
In Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in 2012, a large contingent of local officials and community leaders came together to install a historic marker of the local BPP headquarters. State Representative Erlene Parmon declared the Black Panther Party dared to stand up and say we're fed up and we're not taking it anymore because they had courage today I stand as the first African American ever to represent Forsyth County in the state Senate. BLM is directly related to BPP as a corporatized and heavily funded movement of wealthy philanthropic foundations and billionaires the first of which is George Soros. Having recognized the success of the grassroots BPP and how its ideology remained primarily in the black community, but even with lighter-skinned people, a resurgence was created through funding by the Ford Foundation and George Soros, among others. Truthdig.com says you don't have to be one of those conspiratorial curmudgeons who reduces every sign of popular protest to George Soros money to acknowledge that much of what passes for popular and progressive grassroots activism has been co-opted, taken over, and or created by corporate America, the corporate-funded, non-profit industrial complex, and Wall Street's good friend, the Democratic Party, long known to leftists as the graveyard of social movements. This corporatization of activism is ubiquitous across much of what passes for the left in the U.S. today. In June, a group of armed men and one woman, wearing body armor and carrying what looked like AR-15s, appeared at Black Lives Matter protests in Georgia. The PAPA movement was present to praise its corporatized child. Several days later, this same group mysteriously reappeared at the Atlanta BLM march carrying weapons, except now it claimed to be a new group, Black Panther Revolutionaries Atlanta chapter. Papa hasn't died completely yet. This is what it looks like when rich people with a desire to control everyone and everything hires a real grassroots movement to stir up trouble and then renames it. The Ford Foundation has been a major source of funding along with the Novo Foundation, the Hill Snowden Foundation, Abyssinian Development Corp., the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Kresge, Charles Stewart Mott, and the Knights Foundations, and Quicken Loans. These foundations are joined by private billionaires, two of which are Wall Street mogul Darren Walker and George Soros. They are now funding BLM. BLM is an important connector between the U.S. and Israel, too, as the fight between left and right wing politics breaks down into an all-out war. I have often stated that the U.S. and Israel are sister nations and that what happens to one happens in the other. This parallelism has become even more apparent since Donald Trump became President of the United States. 
His determination to bring Jerusalem to the forefront of world politics has put the U.S. and Israel on the head of the same beast, the same empire, that of the Revelation 13.11-18 beast. George Soros, who is at the forefront of corporatizing BLM, has an agenda of his own, for which he is using black people's anger. BLM, Antifa, and all the militant organizations do not understand that they are being used as Soros's proxy military in his fight to gain control of the world. Soros is a Hungarian-born but non-observant Jew, which means he is non-religious. And he despises religious Jews and Judaism. Soros has worked against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for years. These two men hate each other. Now Soros is working against Donald Trump by using the Democrat Party politicians. You see, Soros is a huge contributor and briber of Democratic politicians like Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and others. Soros is not only interested in U.S. national politics, but supports state and local politicians, too. And now, for 2020, he has already donated $28.3 million to Democrats during just the first three months of this year. Why is George doing this? Well, He is a modern-day Rothschild, spending money to change the world into his ideology, communism. But not just any kind of communism, secular communism, a world without God. I explained last week that Karl Marx, whose economic and other philosophies became the foundation of communism, was not a non-religious man, even though he is said to have not been religious at all. Regardless of Marx's personal religion, which was Kabbalah that he learned from his grandfather, his communist legacy has been known as non-religious. Russian Jews, however, saw in communism the reflection of the Kabbalah. Marxist economics and philosophies were interpreted by Russian Jews as Kabbalistic. It fit their idea of Judaism. So Jews flooded into the Bolshevik revolution. It was truly a Jewish revolution as much as a revolution of the working man. It was a fight that has persisted between non-religious communists and religious ones ever since. And now this communist fight is going on in the streets of Israel with Jews fighting each other. What does this have to do with BLM and other revolutionary groups and George Soros funding them and their democratic leaders? What what does all this have to do with the Jews? Everything. It is this global BLM and Antifa war that will determine which side rises from the ashes to rule the world in the new normal. Billionaire for billionaire, 
Soros and Trump are funding and leading the fight between an authoritarian secular left and an authoritarian religious right. The world is now in the throes of an internal civil war within communism. It is not an American civil war or an Israeli civil war or a civil war in any of the countries where it is being fought now. No, it is a war to see which communist ideology, secular or religious communism, will win the day and rule the world. The Apostle John prophesies the winner, at least initially, will be religious communism with a long arm of authoritarianism that will rule and kill from Temple Mount. Do not be fooled that there is a difference between the communism without God and the one with God. Where your faith is concerned, the one with God will not represent Yahweh Elohim of the Bible, who is the rightful king of Israel. The communism with God will feature the Kabbalistic and uh, Talmudic religion of the Antichrist, whose master is Satan. And he will go after Yeshua's woman, who has the testimony of faith in him and keeps his commandments, according to Revelation 12:17. The other communism, the secular one on the left, will also want to kill you. The Jewish excuse for killing believers in the deity of Yeshua will be one, idolatry, because Jews regard worshiping Yeshua as our God and King as idolatry, and two, keeping the Torah commandments that the Jews say are only for themselves to do. This coming persecution is being funded right now by left and right wing billionaires and Donald Trump is in the lead on the right. Both communisms will seek to destroy Christians, Hebrew roots believers and Messianic Jews for their faith. Trump is the one leading Christians to their deaths by helping to create the conditions required for the rise of the Jewish temple where the Antichrist will seat himself as God and King and Christians are helping him do it. Trump does not have to fund proxy military groups like George Soros does. Trump has the whole U.S. military at his disposal to fight George Soros in the battles of Portland, Oregon and Tel Aviv, Israel. If you think Trump is not a despot, think again and get away from him because he is leading America to destruction. Trump has one thing in mind, the rise of Jerusalem as the world's economic and religious capital. BLM is a military war front with real fighting going on, but the COVID-19 non-pandemic is also being used to facilitate the efforts of a select few to create a one-world government with power concentrated in the hands of an elitist group of billionaires, according to this Dr. Mercola article. One of the tools in the authoritarian rights pocket 
is Jewish protectionism in the form of stopping anti-Semitism, which is a man-made law that does not originate in Scripture. Its origin is in the Talmud under Lashon Hara. No such word or phrase exists in Yahweh's word. He has addressed proper speech in the form of gossip, slander, and even insults. The Jewish Lashon Hara law is an addition to the Torah and is the basis for forcing punishment for anti-Semitism down people's throats. This Israel Unwired article says in reaction to a Twitter rant of anti-Semitic messages by an influential British rapper, prominent Jewish activists active on social media have implemented a 48-hour Twitter walkout to say enough is enough. This article agrees with me that the world is in a global ideological war. It says... Quite ironic and sad that during a global movement that is supposed to be about fighting racism, more and more people feel comfortable publicly voicing support for Hitler, supporting Mr. Louis Farrakhan, and freely voicing blatantly Jew-hating messages. The UN this week is beginning to give its power to the Judeo-Christian beast as prophesied by the Apostle John in Revelation 13. The United Nations named Spanish diplomat Miguel Angel Moratinos High Representative for the UN Alliance of Civilizations, UNAOC, as their UN focal point responsible with monitoring anti-Semitism. Moratinus, appointed by UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, will now be tasked with enhancing a system-wide response to combat global anti-Semitism within an international body that has long been accused of anti-Israel bias. In his capacity as the United Nations focal point designated by the United Nations Secretary General to monitor anti-Semitism and enhance a system-wide response, the High Representative underscores that the United Nations is fully engaged in combating anti-Semitism, as well as all forms of discrimination and intolerance based on religion or belief. The UNAOC said in a press statement on Tuesday, he reiterates that the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations promotes mutual respect, cultural diversity, and religious pluralism, as well as strengthening interfaith dialogue across the faith spectrum in line with its motto, Many Cultures, One Humanity, they added. Huh. So, the UN is now in the business of religion monitoring under the guise of protecting you because, you know, there might out there someplace. You know, Israel has just gained power in the UN, folks. The UN is starting to turn over its power to Israel, to the Judeo-Christian beast. And we'll see in just a minute that this new UN religious protectionism is right in line with the Temple Mount activists' claim that Temple Mount will be a place for all people 
to pray. Now back to the article. In this context, the high representative stresses that countering hate speech and all forms of discrimination, including against Jews and all their, all other communities, religious or otherwise, requires adopting a human rights based approach. By appointing an anti-Semitism envoy, the United Nations is sending a very important message to the world that tackling hatred against Jews is very much a global priority. The other message the UN is sending is that it isn't so much in favor of a world without religion, like the communist left. Why? Because religions have always been Satan's best way of controlling people. Since when has the United Nations not wanted to blame the Jews for everything? This United Nations new agenda to protect Judaism and Jews plays into the reason why the UN will finally give its power to Mystery Babylon for a time. The Jews want to open Temple Mount as a place of prayer for all people, and they have announced all along that the coming Judaism will make Temple Mount a place of prayer for all nations, all religions, and all peoples. Now, you just heard me say that the beast, who will be worshipped as God and king in Mystery Babylon, will seek to kill those who believe in Yeshua, yet religions on earth will be acceptable on Temple Mount. This is because none of those religions has any god or king that will be a threat to the Antichrist. The clear choice will be either the false Jewish Messiah, who promotes himself as God and King of Israel, or the true Jewish Messiah, Yeshua, who is the true God and King of Israel. And you choosing him will cause you to be persecuted by the Jews. And this will be upheld by the United Nations under their new anti-Semitism protectionism. You know, these other religions will be easily absorbed into the Noahide legal system. As long as the people are not worshiping Yeshua, they will be allowed. So you got to ask, how is that possible when there are religions with millions of gods, like Hinduism, for example? Well, one of two scenarios is possible. These may be deemed to be not gods by the rabbis and the Antichrist. The foreign gods' attributes might be deemed to be attributes of the Antichrist himself. Thus, the other gods will not really be gods in their own right. Their gods will have shown up in the Antichrist. Or, people will be made to renounce their gods in favor of the Antichrist. Now, while the media has everyone paying attention to the racism issue, both BLM's white-on-black racism and racism against the Jews, Jerusalem is quietly implementing another step in the building of the temple. Here's this article that says, 
And this article is from Breaking Israel News, says while the U.S. is rocked by anti-racism protests, a situation exists in Jerusalem that is even more racist than the U.S. before the civil rights movement. According to this Breaking Israel News article, the water fountains on the Temple Mount were reserved for the exclusive use of Muslims while Jews were not permitted to drink at all. But that policy has recently changed. The current policy is that the police must either allow Jews to use the water fountain or they must provide them with bottled water. The situation is currently at an ambiguous in-between state. Well, having achieved this small water step... Jews are now calling for access to ritual baths on Temple Mount. So step by step, Jerusalem is being prepared as the capital of the entire earth, also known as Mystery Babylon. The situation that has made the global communist revolution and the rise of Jerusalem as Mystery Babylon possible is COVID-19. The world's tech industries are working frantically now to get all the required Mark of the Beast technologies in place. To that end, West Africa is set to become the testing ground for something called the Trust Stamp Vaccine Record and Payment System. This article, according to Mint Press News, says in early June... Gavi, or G-A-V-I, reported that MasterCard's Wellness Pass program would be adapted in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Around a month later, MasterCard announced that Trust Stamp's biometric identity platform would be integrated into Wellness Pass as Trump, as rather Trust Stamp's system is capable of providing biometric identity in areas of the world lacking internet access or cellular connectivity and also does not require knowledge of an individual's legal name or identity to function. The wellness program involving Gavi, MasterCard, and Trust Stamp will soon be launched in West Africa and will be coupled with a COVID-19 vaccination program once a vaccine becomes available. Well, it won't be so much a testing ground as a first implementation of the system. It will be introduced in low-income, remote communities in West Africa thanks to a public-private partnership between the Bill Gates-backed Gavi Vaccine Alliance, MasterCard, and the AI-powered identity authentication company Trust Stamp. The program, which was first launched in 2018, uh, we'll see Trust Stamps digital identity platform integrated into the Gavi MasterCard Wellness Pass, a digital vaccination record and identity system that is also linked to MasterCard's click-to-pay system that is powered by its AI and machine learning technology called New Data. 
MasterCard, in addition to professing its commitment to promoting centralized record-keeping of childhood immunization, also describes itself as a leader toward a world beyond cash, and its partnership with Gavi marks a novel approach towards linking a biometric digital identity system, vaccination records, and a payment system into a single cohesive platform. The effort will be coupled with a COVID-19 vaccination program once a vaccine becomes available. And I want to give a special thanks to the Beastwatch News reader who sent me this information. They are testing or implementing to show the world that injecting biometric technology in a human body does not change a human into something else. The world will be fooled because everyone expects the mark of the beast to be technological and if no one dies from the biometric implant and they're not changed into some kind of zombie monster from it, then obviously the technology is safe, right? Wrong. The danger will be when this biometric tracking is accomplished by a DNA-changing vaccine. The other reason people will be fooled is because the mark of the beast will not be linked with Judaism, Jews, or Jerusalem, or the temple in any way. It is being linked with health. The push to implement biometrics as part of national ID registration systems has been ongoing for many years on the continent and has become a highly politicized issue in several African countries. Opposition to similar projects in Africa often revolves around the costs surrounding them, such as the biometric voter management system that the Electoral Commission of Ghana has been trying to implement ahead of their 2020 general election in December. Bright Simons, honorary VP of the Imani Policy Think Tank, has questioned the budgetary allocation for the new system, claiming that the unnecessary registration of 17 million people all over again represents millions of dollars being blown for reasons that nobody can explain in this country, he says. It's masking ulterior motives, according to this Mint Press article. Trust Stamp's biometric identity system, largely funded by MasterCard's massive investment in the company in February, utilizes a technology it calls Evergreen Hash that creates an AI-generated 3D mask based on a single photo of a person's face, palm, or fingerprint. Think mark of the beast, forehead, and hand. Once this mask is created, much of the original data is discarded, and encryption keys are created in place of a person's name or other more traditional identifiers. This is because, at this point, after having taken the vaccine that makes you into a GMO through a genetically modified organism, through DNA-altering substances in the vaccine, as I told you last week, you will no longer need your old identity. You will have a new one. 
you will be a product owned by a corporation so you can be traded to mystery babylon as one of those bodies and souls of revelation 18:13 only a small percentage of the data that originally existed is in the hash trust stamp ceo gareth ginner has stated what you have is something safer for storage because it can't be used to, to directly identify you. Wrong. They are lying to make people feel safe and that their privacy and identity are protected. No one would recognize you in this huge jumble of numbers. Right. Your identity has been removed. This is how you can be rounded up, removed from your home and family, only to find yourself as a slave to a Jew. I want you to listen to this article from jta.org on 10-18-2010. Israeli Sephardic leader Rabbi Ovadia Yosef said that non-Jews exist to serve Jews. Goyim were born only to serve us. Without that, they have no place in the world, only to serve the people of Israel, he said during a public discussion of what kind of work non-Jews are allowed to perform on Shabbat. Why are Gentiles needed? They will work, they will plow, they will reap, he says. We will sit like an effendi and eat, he said to some laughter. Yosef, the spiritual leader of the Shas party, and the former chief Shephardic rabbi of Israel, also said that the lives of non-Jews are protected in order to prevent financial loss to Jews. Slaves will be an insured commodity. They will be a big ticket item like a house or car. Now back to the article. With Gentiles, it will be like any person. They need to die, but God will give them longevity. Why? Imagine that one's donkey would die. They'd lose their money. This is his servant. That's why he gets a long life to work well for this Jew, said the rabbi. The American Jewish Committee condemned the rabbi's remarks in a statement that they issued. However, according to Halakha, a Gentile slave bought by a Jew should be converted to Judaism, but does not thereby become a proper Jew. Now, back to the previous article. Uh, the result, according to Jenner, is an irreversible, non-personally identifiable information system that protects privacy, reduces potential for misuse, and allows effective inclusion when there is no other form of legal record. The only record you're going to need is the one they put in you. And notice that this is irreversible. Last week and in previous months, I have shown that the coronavirus vaccine's DNA-altering property is also irreversible. The mark of the beast will be the coupling of these two 
technologies, especially since the biometric tech is linked to virtual currency, i.e. your ability to buy stuff and the merchant's ability to sell it to you. The merchant may feel sorry for you and your children and try to give you something, but his inventory will be so closely monitored that any discrepancy when he gives you something you can't buy will be met with a heavy price of fines or jail terms for him. This being irreversible means that at some point they will use their authority over you to force you to get the future DNA-altering vaccine now that you have the biometric tech in your body. And that vaccine is what will turn you into part human, part demon without a redeemable soul. Jenner also explained in a recent press release that the unique hash is capable of evolving as a new hash with updated health information that is created every time a child or individual gets a vaccine. How will they know if it's been updated if there is no history in it, as they say? So, will the first coronavirus vaccine be the vaccine in which they actually put the DNA-altering substances? Well, they could, but I think they're sneakier than that. I think the coronavirus vaccine could be a precursor to prove that the next generation of vaccines are not the mark of the beast and therefore not dangerous but necessary for the health of the world. And I think the first coronavirus could have the DNA altering stuff in it which will disqualify you from entering the kingdom and will cause you to be punished in the lake of fire forever because your soul cannot be redeemed but they could try to hide that fact that there is that DNA altering stuff in it so yes in this instances if that happens the first coronavirus vaccine will be for anyone taking it the mark of the beast we will have to wait and see it's best not to take the chance And I also think Bill Gates and the other New World Order leaders want to play down the mark of the beast as a myth. So they have openly said everything about the mark in the news that they can without actually saying they're talking about the mark of the beast and that their technology is not the mark of the beast. They've put all the information about the biometric technologies and the new generation of vaccines, starting with the coronavirus vaccine, out to the public for scrutiny and for people to become desensitized to it. Those people who have opted to be injected with biometric technology will be one step ahead of everybody else. Remember, Yeshua said that the people will be deceived and even including the elect if that were possible. The way this is being introduced to the global population will fool almost everyone. As the New World Order rolls out new vaccines, the person with the already inserted biometrics will at some point need to receive the DNA-altering substances. 
I also think that some who take the coronavirus vaccine will receive the DNA-altering substances. The New World Order could say there is none of that in there, and others will not receive those ingredients. This would be done to further confuse everyone. Or they could do the reverse. The DNA-altering ingredients could be in there, but they won't tell us about it. And this could also be done in stages, some getting the DNA alterations, others not, in order to keep the global population confused about whether it is or is not the mark of the beast. Best advice? Reject all vaccines and all injectable biometrics. Now back to the article from Mint Press about Trust Stamp. Trust Stamp's AI algorithms can accurately determine if different hashes belong to the same individual, meaning that the hash evolves over time just as you evolve, says Jenner. It is unclear how much the Wellness Pass initiative is motivated by public health concerns as opposed to free market considerations. Indeed, the Gavi Alliance, largely funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates and Rockefeller Foundations, as well as allied governments and the vaccine industry, is principally concerned with improving the health of markets for vaccines and other immunization products rather than the health of individuals, according to its own website. Similarly, MasterCard's Gavi Partnership is directly linked to its World Beyond Cash effort, which mainly bolsters its business model that has long depended on a reduction in the use of physical cash. Trust Stamp also shares this market-focused vision for its digital identity system as the company has stated that it is looking for a new commercialization options for its evergreen hash technology, specifically with prison systems. Talks with private and public prison systems have revealed an interest in their utilization of trust stamps technology to provide identification for individuals on parole without making them pay for pricey ankle bracelets that monitor their every move, as trust stamps platform would ostensibly provide that same function, but in a touchless and less expensive manner. Trust Stamp's interest in providing its technology to both COVID-19 response and to law enforcement is part of a growing trend where numerous companies providing digital solutions to COVID-19 also offer the same solutions to prison systems and law enforcement for the purposes of surveillance and predictive policing. For instance, Contact tracing software originally introduced as part of the COVID-19 response has since been used by police departments across the U.S. to track protesters during the country's recent bouts of protests and civil unrest. 
Similarly, a controversial Israeli tech firm currently being used in Rhode Island offers AI-powered predictive analytic to identify likely future COVID-19 hotspots and individuals likely to contract COVID-19 in the future while also offering governments the ability to predict future locations of and participations in riots and civil unrest. So, when the left no longer needs its soldiers, it can track them down, sentence them to prison, where they will receive the technology injected into their bodies, or worse, kill them. What is perhaps most alarming about this new wellness pass initiative is that it links these dual-use digital solutions to cashless payment solutions that could soon become mandated as anything other than touchless, cashless methods of payment have been treated as potential modes for contagion by Gavi-aligned groups like the World Health Organization, among others, since the pandemic was first declared earlier this year. Now I want to talk about travel because we have Sukkot coming up. So if you're planning on going to Jerusalem, you want to give a heads up to this. We still don't know if we will be able to travel to Jerusalem. But Israel has taken a page from Jordan's travel playbook. Israel could reopen its skies, according to J-Post, as early as August 16th, according to the health ministry. And anyone who wants to visit Israel from a green state may not have to go into isolation or even take a coronavirus test, jpost.com announced on July 29th, 2020. The plan is to allow travelers to arrive in Israel from green states. The likely list of green states includes the following. Austria, Canada, Cyprus, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Ireland, Japan, South Korea, Latvia, Lithuania, Malta, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Slovakia, Slovenia, and Switzerland. However, Jordan released their green countries list on July 21, 2020, and will resume international flights on August 5th. Jordan's list is Austria, Canada, China, Cyprus, Denmark, Estonia, Germany, Georgia and Germany, Greenland, Iceland, Ireland, Italy, Latvia, Lithuania, Malaysia, Malta, New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland, Taiwan, Thailand, and Monaco. Jordan's requirements are also different than Israel's plan, in case you plan to come here. Entering Jordan from a green country still requires an additional 14-day quarantine inside Jordan's border after quarantining in a green country, while Israel has said it will not require the additional quarantine. Jordan also requires travelers to have a COVID-19 test within 72 hours of arrival. 
Israel's health ministry deputy director general Itamar Grotto said we are preparing to approve an outline for opening the skies adding that it won't happen tomorrow morning but as far as we are concerned we will make every effort. So while Israel's announcement gives hope for those wanting to obey Yahweh's command to go to the place of his name for Sukkot, the possibility of getting there still remains up in the air. The BLM and Antifa communism war is corralling the global population into Jerusalem's communism mystery Babylon shoot and the tech sector is preparing to make sure you don't escape it. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.